0: Welcome to the Raw Food Health Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Salmon, Certified Holistic Health Coach and author of You Can Afford to Be Healthy. And this podcast looks at a holistic approach to health from a multi-generational and multinational perspective of women of color. Plums are in season. I don't know if you noticed that at all, but... I've been getting it a lot in my produce box from Imperfect Produce, and I've been using them in in smoothies. So I wanted to just, you know, remind folks of the benefits of plums so we don't take them for granted. Not only do they taste good, but they improve the health of your heart. They relieve constipation if you're dealing with that. Um, It helps to protect against cancer, of course, um, because it has, you know, antioxidants, anthocyanins, you know, vitamins, nutrients, minerals. Um, So it helps to protect against cancer because of all of that great nutritional value. It improves the circulation of the blood, helps to lower cholesterol levels. It's great for the skin. It helps to reduce wrinkles, apparently. Um, And it's good for your bones because it contains um, baron in it. Uh, which is a, a flavonoid or a compound. Um, it helps to reduce the appearance of scars. Right. It treats hair uh, uh, hair follicles and promotes hair growth because it helps to reger- reverse adrenal gland fatigue, which I did not know.
1: Yeah, but if they're only in season though, um, in this country, just once a year, how much benefit? How much plum can you eat in this season to <laughs> get those? These, these are the things that I always wonder about. Yeah. Like the in a third world country have access to plum right mm-hmm. through the year.
0: Yeah. And some people don't have access. But yeah. that's the that's the great thing about God, okay? And this is why I can't really separate um i can 't separate raw food eating and healthy eating from spirituality because God has made it so that a lot of these fruits, vegetables, and herbs and nuts and seeds have similar um, qualities. Um, in terms of like having the nutritional value to help with different things. So like when plums are not in season, let's say you're still having adrenal fatigue issues. There are other sources to get the um, those nutritional compounds to help normalize the body, you know? All right. So we don't just need plums, but it's great to have the variety um, because of, you know, flavor, we like different flavors, different things we can do. And then also like I, I use them in smoothies, but you can use them to make a raw plum banana cheesecake or a chia plum jam. You know, there's different things you can do. And the recipes for those two things I'll put in the show notes. If you want to find a variety of ways to use plums, well, I personally, like on, in you
1: what? We used to make jams with plum back home.
0: Oh yeah, how'd you used to make it?
1: Well, you cook it like, or you'd cook any other fruits. Mm. And um, I would have to go back and look at the recipe, but I remember we used to do plum, June plum, yeah. we used to make jam out of it, and we have all different kind of plums back home. So we used to make our own jam.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've seen um, my husband's grandmother make. Exactly. things like that. And that was because the doctor told her she couldn't have raw fruit, So she was cooking all her fruits and that turned out to be a disaster. Um, but now we have her back on raw stuff. She made a turnaround with her health because of it. But the, with the raw jam, you actually just blend the ingredients and let the, let it sit overnight so the chia seeds can expand and and that's how you have the jam without, you know, killing all the nutrient value with cooking.
1: Yeah, I'm going to try the raw jam because I think that's something I would really love.
0: Yeah, with chia seeds. So you get the omega-3s and all those, you know,
1: yeah, healthy additional the, protein. The raw fruits that make ice cream. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. try
0: the jam. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. so we had actually a question come up, um, from one of the listeners. Uh, she sent me through Facebook messenger and it's around basically how to come up with a meal plan. So I figured we'd go through our process and I know we probably talked about this many times. Um, but what's what I'll let you go first, mom. What is your process when you come up with a meal plan each week? How do, you, uh, how do you do mean, My that? meal
1: plan usually hit me when I'm laying in the bed at night. <laughs> because it's a mind plan.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like in order for you to come up with something, you have to focus your mind on it, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's very easy because um, my meal plans are basically, it has to do with something raw. Even if I'm making cooked food, Like when I say cooked food, like if I'm having quinoa, which I make quinoa, and then I do balance it off with a salad. And sometimes I do vegetable like okros and string beans with bell pepper, onions. And my various meal plans are half raw, half cooked stuff. Even though I'm having vegetables, Mm-hmm. For dinner, I'll have like a little bowl of raw salad with cucumbers and tomatoes, a little green, you know, sa- um, spring spring salad. And basically, sometimes soup. It's coming on to the the warm with the cold weather now. Um, in New York, of course, you're in LA, where mm-hmm. soup is a part of my meal plan because a cup of soup uh, before meals are very wonderful warming to the stomach. So that's basically it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um I I have a, a different process where basically I plan based off of what I get in my box. And I actually I get to pick. So so I, I subscribe to Imperfect Produce where I get produce from um, local farmers, right. Mm -hmm. And every week and every week it's a, it's a different, um, variety of produce that's available to me. I can pick and choose what I want. So if there's certain things that I don't like, or I know I'm not going to use, then I don't get that thing. right? Right. Um, so I, and I like to switch it up. I like to rotate greens and fruits because like we just said, you know, you get different, um, vitamins and minerals, from all these different fruits. So you want to switch it up while they're, they have, you know, a lot of these fruits and vegetables have similar qualities. Um, there's certain each one has its unique set of vitamins, minerals, and things. So I like to, um, that's my whole, um, you know, way of getting my multivitamin is through raw fruits and vegetables. So I switch it up. So, um, Based off of what is in that box, I come up with different things. So like this week, they had cabbage, which was it was a, a Napa Valley cabbage, which is a different type of cabbage than I've ever had before. It's it's longer and it has like a texture to it. It's actually really beautiful.
1: You and know, it's, it's, it's rough looking like you're talking to me and I'm looking through the book because I have all these things in my book.
0: Yeah. Which book are you looking through?
1: Ten Talents.
0: Oh, the Ten Talents. You always talk about that book.
1: Oh, wonderful. Because that's how I do my meal plans through my book.
0: Oh, they have it, recipes in there?
1: Yeah. When it come on to, to in New York, it, we get seasonal stuff. Like, you know, we approach in fall, mm-hmm. we get a lot of different kinds of squash. So yeah. I can use those things around this time of year. Yeah. For, you know, the roasting and the stuffing and all that.
0: And the butternut squash soup, which is like my
1: favorite butternut yes i make that sometime right through the year because you get butternut right through the year but are certain squash that only come around at um in the fall season
0: yeah and speaking of speaking of butternut squash that's how i know the power of these fruits and vegetables because when i take a whole butternut squash and peel it and i'm talking organic when my fingers, when my hands touch the inside right under the skin and those juices touch my hands, my hands literally peel. Oh, really? And blister. Yeah. Those enzymes are so powerful. Like it affects my skin. I
1: wonder what happens if we take too much of it in our body.
0: I don't, I, the body regulates. No one has ever, I've never heard of anyone consuming too much butternut squash, but um, those enzymes, <laughs> they work, <laughs> they oh. work, and I can see it in real time.
1: Go back to the cabbage again. What's the name of the cabbage? Napa cabbage?
0: It's Napa Valley cabbage or Napa cabbage, something like that. It has Napa in it. And because so I got that.
1: Yeah, it's shaped just like, oh, you, oh, um, uh, let me tell you what it shapes like. You could actually leaf it off.
0: Yeah, like, like romaine lettuce.
1: It. I'm looking at it in the book. Yeah, you could leaf it off.
0: Yeah. So that's what I plan to do. I plan to, since I got celery also in my box, so there's a recipe. I've shared it in the Facebook group and I've done a Facebook live video on it and I have have it on the website, rawfoodmealplanner.com, where it's like a, a chickpea tuna salad type of thing. There's no fish in there, but you basically have the flavor of a tuna salad, but you use chickpea, celery, and some different um, seasonings. So cool. I have the celery. I'm going to make the chickpea salad and I'm going to put that chickpea, uh, like it's like a pate thing. I'm going to put it inside the the <laughs> Napa Valley cabbage and mm-hmm. have it like a boat, you know? Right. So it's like a little, almost like a taco where the the cabbage is like a taco leaf. Yeah. And you, As a matter
1: you. of fact, um, this fall I'm gonna do a lot of raw stuff because, like, the cabbage, I find if I grate it, mm-hmm. I put it in the food processor. So have a grater that um, grate it the way I want the texture of the cabbage. Yeah. And I do a lot of um, beets, raw beets, and 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 raw. Carrots, carrots which you don't really love, mm-hmm. but I love those kind of raw vegetables. I don't really like to cook them no more. Ever since I tried them raw, I enjoy them better because I yeah. feel instead of, instead of doing the juicing in the morning, sometimes I avoid the juicing and just eat the raw vegetable. You know, I mean, cut it up in a way that I like to have it in salad. hmm And it might be a slower process, but I think it does the same nutritional uh, work that it's supposed
0: to do. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's how I basically come up with my meal plans is based off of what I have available. And then I look through, I have, of course, free meal plans on my website. And I'll either follow that or use that for inspiration on something new. I'm always looking at different recipes. And then I also do go out. Um, once in a while to restaurants and um, and I follow some of these people on Instagram. Some of these restaurants I've visited like Crossroads Kitchen, for example, which is a high-end uh, celebrity restaurant. It's a vegan restaurant mm-hmm. and they, they're they always doing creative things um, with I their food.
1: Because you, you live in, in California. Yeah, One of
0: the reasons why I don't
1: eat out, because in, all, in my area, there is nowhere to choose from. Nothing. Nothing in my kind of eating to choose from. So it, it, sometimes it's a little depressing. Because <laughs> yesterday I would like to have something from a restaurant, but we'd have to go into the city. Can you right. imagine driving to Manhattan to have dinner, come back, we'll be hungry again. <laughs> so I have to, like you say, you choose from what you have to cook. I have yeah. to make choice of to the beer and go to the store and get it because there's nothing around
0: here. Yeah, and you know, sometimes you get to be, because of those situations, you get to be such a good cook because you have to make everything yourself. Yes. And then when you go out, it's hard to eat out It's because it's like your food is better. Why spend the money, you know? <laughs> I've, I've dealt with this with people like my mother-in-law and you. It's like when you go to these places, it's like, oh, I could do this better and it's you know?
1: <laughs> yes, it's for you. In a way yeah. that is very sad because you're never satisfied when you go.
0: But I can't complain. You're right because L.A. is the vegan mecca. If you want to do um, junk food vegan, there's lots of options over here. Like They have they have whole um, donut place. There's a donut place that's completely vegan and all they sell is donuts and the place is always packed. Really? Yeah. They have uh, this other place. They do like pop-ups, um, different cuisines. They have vegan Mexican. They have vegan Ethiopian. They have vegan American, like everything you could possibly think of. And Crossroads Kitchen, they have a lot of like Italian style um, stuff. So the last time I went there, I remember it was a Alfredo pasta thing and they put nutmeg in it which was interesting. That's something I would never think to do. (laughs) And it's something you have to, as a foodie, because I do consider myself a foodie. I like when I go to these places and I eat, I see how, what they decide to put together, how they plate it and pick up on different flavors that it won't be in the menu, you know? It's not necessarily okay. in the menu, but I could taste it, and it was pretty. It was pretty strong, but it's because you're expecting. It's like it's a savory dish, uh, vegan Alfredo pasta. You would never expect nutmeg, which is more of a comforting type of, you know, like a more of like I would put that with a sweet. Savory, you know? yeah, yeah, instead of a savory. But it was interesting. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was just interesting. It had me really thinking about what was going on in my mouth the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> so it was an interesting experience.
1: He thought what I do, though. I like to get the flavor, find out what it is. And honestly, I come home and try. Yeah. You know, and find a place to eat.
0: And yeah. and that's, that's what it was. Actually, I can credit um, Karen's uh, restaurant on green that she used to have, the fancy one. Um, is the reason why I got into butternut squash soup. I had never had it before. And two, I tend to be one of those people like, I, you know, I don't like a thing until I try a thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, But I tried it for some reason at her place and it was so good. I tried to recreate it, but I know she probably put a lot of cream, some kind of coconut thing in there because was, hers was a lot heavier than the ones I've made.
1: Right. And that's because
0: I use... When I make my butternut squash soup, it's basically butternut squash and water and I blend it, you know, and season it. It's not as thick and heavy as hers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's I the don't... thing with a lot of these places, like I don't cook as heavy and as rich as they do hmm. because I just can't do that for my I won't do that for myself. Like where I will buy these things, I don't buy certain things and cook with them, right? So when I go out to eat, it's really an indulgence because it's not something I'm gonna, I'm not gonna eat that way myself. You know, make that for myself. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, which I'm different. I come home and I try.
0: Yeah, but well, certain things I can't. Like some some of these places, um, one of the reasons why the food tastes so good is because they use a lot of salt and they use a lot of oil. And I know if I'm making my meal, I'm not gonna. I can't. I just can't do that. You know, I can't, I'm not going to do that. You know? Um, so my, I know my, for a fact, my food is healthier. Um, but their stuff is definitely going to taste a lot richer than Mm -hmm. what I'm making. Also, Karen's raw is the one that put me on to the eggplant bacon, her eggplant bacon. And that's another thing. Her thing was highly seasoned, had lot, it was very oily. um, uh, but it tasted very good. It tasted. I have a book in
1: a, raw.
0: Yeah. She has a recipe in there, I believe.
1: Yes, she does.
0: Yeah, that's a, a great book to get to. And
1: I wish you could have I wish I could get this book to you. Which one? Just can't leave my kitchen.
0: Which Ten one? Talent.
1: Ten talent.
0: Oh okay. Yeah.
1: It's on it's on the money. Yeah? Yeah.
0: So they have, they have, why did you mention that just now? Do they have more recipes?
1: Oh, yes. They have a lot. They have a lot. Cool. They have a lot of um, recipe and soups and salads and a lot. They give you a lot of choices. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. you hate wax on your produce, wouldn't it be nice to have organic produce delivered to your home every week at affordable prices? And not just any produce, but produce you get to pick that you actually like coming from a local farm? Let me rave some more about Imperfect Produce. I love this company. Not only are they making sure that small organic family farmers can make more money and avoid trashing perfectly good food, but they deliver that good food straight to your doorstep. Click on the link in the show notes for $10 off your first box of produce. Speaking of choices, you know, I love to do these segues. You know, not only do we have choices in fruits and vegetables, but we also have choices in herbs and different mm-hmm. things. And suma root is one of, is the herb of the week. We're going we're gonna to have a segment, herb of the week. That's what I'm going to call it now because we've been showcasing an herb just about every week. Right. And suma root um, is an adaptogenic herb. You've heard that name before because I've talked about ashwagandha, which is also an adaptogenic herb. And yeah. adaptogenic herbs basically help the body adapt to stress by improving the immune system. Sumo wow. root in specifically, though, has a plant hormone in it that enhances protein synthesis and yeah. other rebuilding activities. And it's, this hormone specifically has been linked to muscle gain and pain relief. It also has various vitamins, minerals, and amino acids in it, and the same plant hormone has been linked to um, that's been linked to muscle gain is similar to that of testosterone. So it does increase testosterone when you consume it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I would recommend this herb for men that have anxiety because all of these because of all of these additional benefits and the fact that it helps the body adapt to stress. And according to herbalist Akin Olukun, this herb got its nickname the Russian secret after being used by Russian Olympians as an alternative to steroids to enhance athletic performance. So you actually don't need to take chemical steroids. You can use this natural herb given to us by God. Yeah. Um I can also say that this herb normalizes cardiovascular function, balances blood pressure, and alleviates symptoms of menopause in women. Right. So... I I know
1: there's everything there that God provides for us, but we put a spin on it and and put chemicals in there, and it does so much different damage to the body.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's so unnecessary the pain that we put ourselves through as human beings.
1: <laughs> oh, yes, yes, you know, yeah, yeah, very unnecessary. And it's too much, um, sickness from these chemicals that they have having people put through their body. And I repeat it over and over again mm-hmm. I don't want to be in chemicals to be alive because that's not to me, that's not living, right? It's not living. I don't want to. Focus my my focus. I don't want to put my focus there because that's not living. I don't want to get up another day, take a pill today to survive today. Yeah, that, that's not life. You're just living, but it's not life.
0: Right. Which reminds me, there was an article that I read on managedhealthcareexecutive.com that said 21.6 percent of Americans are diagnosed with some sort of depressive disorder like depression, major depression, or dysmia, which is uh, persistent depressive disorder. And, um, you know, the the study, they had this group, PRC, a healthcare research organization. They pulled Americans on their mental health needs and how those needs have or have not been met. And they found that 8.5% of Americans rated their average day as extremely or very stressful. And uh, that was back in 2005. In 2019, it jumped up to 13.4%. Those unable to work, homemakers and self-employed respondents had the highest levels of daily stress. And so basically that's one out of every five people with some type of depression and you know, this article didn't make the connection but it's very relevant to what you were just saying. I feel like if we didn't have all these chemicals in our water supply because when you think about the people taking drugs, they're urinating and defecating into the toilet and these this water is going into the this huge, you know, reservoir of water and of course it's being treated with more chemicals but the Many studies have come out and, and shown that we are consuming in our tap water what they consider potable uh, for us to consume uh, still has these drugs in them. So if you had only five people with a mental issue... And they're taking these drugs and not only are they defecating and urinating the drugs back out, but they're also, people are throwing away drugs into, you know, the toilet and whatnot, and it's getting back into the water system and then we're consuming it. Now you have an exponential growth of people taking pharmaceuticals that weren't prescribed to them that potentially really could mess people up and give them the disorder, you know, because these yeah. have side effects, you know? Yeah.
1: Exactly. That's, that's exactly how depression comes about. People don't just get depressed. It's usually some kind of medicine that they take. And it started from a little aspirin because I've experienced that person, not with myself, but with my mom when she was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, she was a little disoriented. And I said to the doctor, What's going on with my mom? He said, We gave her a drug that will put her into depression, and now we have to give her a drug for the depression. So the drug they give her for the depression now was causing her to hallucinate. So it's from one thing lead to the next, and this is how they experiment on older people, because they figure they are the end of life, so they can try these things on them to see how it works. I think that goes on a lot in society, you see? Mm. You have somebody who is a nurse, and you have them stand by 24-7, which is not possible, to monitor those things that they do doing to your, your loved one in the hospital. But they do give them drugs to so try out drugs.
0: Yeah. And these people are safe from any kind of, you know, recourse, you know. Exactly. I have to people like myself, you know, certified holistic health coaches, we have to be very careful yeah. with how we say certain things, nutritionists, anybody who's not a doctor, basically, it doesn't matter how much schooling and how much you know, um, you are not protected on the level like a doctor is protected. They can experiment, make mistakes, kill a whole bunch of people. And from their practice, because they're practicing medicine, um, but they are protected. They don't go to jail. They don't get in trouble, but you can get locked up. And this I find it interesting too, Dr. Sebi, which, you know, there's some issues with that. Dr. Sebi, like I feel like in the black community, he's exalted as this great wise healer um, who went to court because they they he's he his mother actually put in the paper that he was curing AIDS, HIV, and all this stuff. And so, of course, the medical system says you cannot use the word cure. That's still the case. You cannot use cure unless you are, um, you know, not even certified because I'm certified, but the doctors can use the word cure, um, I guess, based on their own. They have to do their own chemical studies, I guess, to get to a a place of cure. Um, I don't know, but... You can't use that word cure, heal, and that type of thing. And so they brought him to court. He was brought to court, but he won the case because he was able to bring 77 examples, live examples. People came and did witness testimonials and things like that, and he was able to show reports that these people actually, in fact, were cured. But he left New York and went to Honduras to practice. Because you can't, from my understanding, you can't have these types of people who are claiming to cure folks in America and get away with it. A lot of herbalists and natural healers um, who use that type of terminology, they get letters um, from the government that they have to cease and desist, that type of language. Right. Um, because it's in conflict with this, the the medical capitalistic system we have right now that has created a sick care system. So even when you would have something like a sumo root, which can work on the strength level of um, steroids, right? Uh, (laughs) Which, you know, whether or not you condone it or not, we know people like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, he says he uses it. But if you have someone like Dwayne, in your family, you love that person, and they—they they are chasing after a, an aesthetic. Would you prefer they use a chemical steroid or a sumaru? You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. I would. You know, people are gonna do what they're gonna do. I would rather them use the safer thing without. So, the side so, of- like oh I got healed
1: some from asthma. If I was over in this country and I used the word heal,
0: yeah,
1: or the arts, or uh, I don't know because. I believe in healing. I, be, I believe in spiritual healing also. Right. But spiritual healing goes very well with plant based stuff. Yeah. Because you have to believe when you take those things that God provides these things for you, and this is what you're going to do, and you're going to get healed. For, you know, by being obedient, you get healed. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if somebody comes up and says that you're healed, you can get trouble also in this country.
0: Yeah, if you're you're if you're promoting it, not not just sharing your story or whatnot, but if it's something you're promoting, then they they come after you, especially if you're making money from that thing. Um, but I've been healed from asthma. I remember, yeah, I I shared the story on Facebook about you. Maybe you can go through it when you were really sick as a young child and how they put you in the bath with the herbs and prayed over you.
1: And not just steaming her, but they have me drink it too. So it went inside and it went outside. And I got yeah
0: to- With prayer. And how sick, sick were you before very that? Sick.
1: Very sick. I was sent home to die at the age of seven. Very, very sick. Very sick. They usually have a little pet name, a little name for me, which they use it for the longest, dead and weak. That means I was dead and then I wakened. So I call that healing.
0: Mhm. Okay. And you said you had like sores on your um yes. skin. Yes. Eczema
1: all over my body. Nobody wanted to touch me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you had eczema and you had your hair was thinning and falling out.
1: Very thin, very thin and long. You could see through it.
0: And then they put you in this bath of herbs. Had you drink the herbs and the people from the church came and prayed over you while you were in the bath. Yes, and then do you know how quick of a healing you had after that?
1: It's over a period of time, you know. You know, it's over a period of time, and that's how I get to understand that how God works in a very in a in a very uh, miraculous way because He doesn't work on our time; He fixes it in His own time. So, over a period of time, I was getting better and better and healthier and healthier.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And were you drinking the herbs on a regular basis? Yes, what was I-
1: I had to, but I can't remember what it was they give me. But I used to drink a lot of different kind of tea in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I had to stay away from milk and milk product at that time until when I get old, I start to drink the milk again and do have certain dairy product again. And then they, then I developed something now called sinus. That's in my adult age.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but the asthma went away because asthma killed a lot of people, you know.
0: Yeah. So you had asthma and eczema because eczema is a serious thing. Like a lot of people I've seen have been contacting me about this. Um, and it's, and because not only it looks like it's really painful, but also, you know, especially as a young woman, you want to wear certain clothes and yeah. it, it it's not really, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make people feel feel their best because it doesn't look that great and it's not comfortable.
1: Well, I tell you something, I got new skin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I got new skin after that because it does not, doesn't leave any marks on my skin.
0: And I find it interesting because you are now in your 60s and yeah. this was when you were less than 10, I believe, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they, And you were advised to avoid milk. As part of your healing process. So that just is another example of how long the message has been, you know, promoted and still in America today, this is back in Jamaica, you know, Mm -hmm. so just imagine. So in America today, we are still fighting to get dairy off of the nutritional guidelines to have it um, so it's not a mandate for schools and kids to consume this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when we know it's, it's the cause of so many things and I don't care who wants to talk about, I know there's some other people who are, who are sharing, you know, goat's milk and sheep's milk and all this. No, these animals make milk for their children. That is not for us. Right. And the next episode, I will go into, um, the physiology, the physiological differences between, um, human beings and other types of um, animals in the animal kingdoms. When I say human beings, I mean our bodies in comparison to carnivores to really showcase that it doesn't matter what kind of thing anybody want to say, whether, oh, we've been eating this a long time and nothing ever happened or, you know, the paleo people ate, whatever. Physiologically, our body is not meant to consume meat. Yes. and um, we are gonna break. We're gonna break those physiological differences down. Um, set the record straight clearly um, on the next on the next episode.
1: By the time this podcast is here, everybody will be entering a new phase in their life again. We'll be entering fall. And then there is uh, just so much beauty to look towards in this season, you know, beautiful uh, flowers, the way the the trees are changing. Just enjoy the beauty of life and enjoy life because life is pretty short.
0: Thank you so much for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe so you're notified on all our future episodes when they're released.